0: Welcome to Good Girls Talk About Sex. I'm sexual communication coach Leah Carey, and this is a place to share conversations with all sorts of women about their experience of sexuality. These are unfiltered conversations between adult women talking about sex, if Anything about the previous sentence offends you? Turn back now! And if you're looking for a trigger warning, you're not going to get it from me. I believe that you are stronger than the trauma you have experienced. I have faith in your ability to deal with things that upset you. Sound good? Let's start the show! Today, we meet Joe, a 58 year old cisgender woman who describes herself as white, hetero flexible, postmenopausal, and in a friends with benefits situation. Her preferred relationship style is none, as in, she doesn't want a defined romantic relationship. Before we started recording, she said, I don't want to be picking up your socks or to do your laundry. I may cook you dinner occasionally, but that's because I want to cook, not because you're hungry. <laughs> she also talks about having had several birth defects and ongoing physical issues that make sex challenging. I am so pleased to introduce Joe. I am really interested and excited to see where this conversation goes um, so that the listeners No, we have some background together, we don't actually really know each other. But our families are intertwined um, in a way that I will keep vague so as to um, preserve everybody's privacy. This is going to be a really interesting conversation for me. I anticipate I'm going to learn some things that I didn't know that may potentially have some relevance to my own history. So welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Happy to be here thank you. I'm looking forward to most of that same
1: thing and seeing what's relevant from your journey that might overlap into mine.
0: Yeah. Well, let's start as, as I usually do with the question, what is your first memory of sexual pleasure? Playing doctor at about five or
1: six with a cousin and then getting balled out within an inch of my life.
0: Mm. So you were discovered by an adult? Oh, absolutely.
1: Kids, uh-huh. kids were always if they're quiet, something's going on, go check. Them.
0: <laughs> and how far did those explorations of doctor go?
1: Well, in my medical history, um, I was in the hospital a lot, most of the first five years of my life. So I've always wondered if it was me playing doctor to try and see why everyone was so interested in me and fixing mm. me. I, I still don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. But I would say it was mostly just, how do your parts work? This is how my parts work. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, it's the normal stuff. Show me yours, I'll show you mine, and, you know, peeing or defecating or whatever. Um, it was mostly just, how does this body work? What's normal for me compared to somebody else?
0: Mm. So um, when you were in the hospital, were were doctors dealing with your genitalia or was it just it was like thing. Um, I was I was born with massive birth defects
1: and there are enough birth defects in shared relatives and especially in my branch and the offspring of my branch that um, I decided never to have kids mm. because I wasn't going to repeat. The first five years of my life spent in a hospital. Um, My um, urinary tract had a problem. I couldn't retain my water, so that had to be operated on to tighten me up, um, which led to problems with sex later in life. And um, my ribs were deformed, so they had to break my ribs three times in order to fix my chest so I could breathe. Um, The first surgery was at six months. The next surgery in conjunction with fixing my um, urinary tract was at about five years old. And then the next surgery for the ribs was at nine years old. They wanted to, and again, when I was about 14 and do some more work. And I'm like, no, I'm done. Yeah. I'm d- it's bankrupted the family. It's not there. It's not worth it. Um, it's as good as it's going to get. Everything works. Leave me alone. I come to this from a medical background more than anything else.
0: Mm. So, when that adult walked in on you playing doctor, mm-hmm. what were the consequences? What What did they say to you?
1: I don't remember. I have a lot of dead zones in my memory because my childhood was traumatic. I know that I was told it was dirty and not appropriate and everybody put their clothes back on. I don't remember there being particular consequences. More than just getting screamed at, my mother was um, very religious. My mother had her own issues with her sexuality and with unfaithfulness in her marriage. Mm. So that um, I don't know really if I'm remembering the full story or if I blacked anything out. I just remember a, a snowy winter day and it was sunny and we were in my bedroom and it was a problem.
0: What you're saying is so familiar to me, that experience of like, I remember sort of the feeling around the event, but it is, there are so many dark zones in my own memory too. Yeah. Yeah. You said that your mom had issues with her sexuality. She really did. Um, This is my observation, because um, in New England, you don't talk about sex.
1: You talk (laughs) about money. But you don't talk about sex. California, you talk about sex, but you don't talk about money. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's the difference of, you know, the social norms and trying to figure out what we're allowed to say to people at certain points in our life. In my mother doing her own healing, I came across things that I was aware of at certain points in my life. So I knew more about her fights with her sexual identity and women's lib. And um, she was married to an abusive man who cheated on her. So although she wanted me to know about menstruation and, you know, normal things, it was really a hard conversation for her because she grew up in kind of a version of don't ask, don't tell. It's just, "Lie well, back and think of England is, is mm-hmm. my viewpoint. But I can remember because of my father's awful temper after the divorce, learning things that no 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old should know about their parents' sexual issues. Like what? Uh, she would get dressed and undressed in a closet so he couldn't see her body. They mm-hmm. had a walk-in closet. He had a real issue with that. I can remember being in Kentucky, visiting a relative, and she wore what she considered a scandalous outfit, which was a beautiful outfit. It was a... White mini dress with lace sleeves and low cleavage. It would have been convent wear any place else at that <laughs> place in time. And yet she would not wear that unless there was a man on her arm because she felt like she was setting herself up to be prey. So it's that kind of garbage in the back of my brain of the, liberate, the liberated woman uh, fighting to own your sexuality, but also not wanting to make yourself a victim. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a lot of garbage like that.
0: Yeah. And then your dad, it sounds like there were a lot of issues that came from your dad's side as well. Yeah, because he was abandoned as a kid,
1: his parents had an awful divorce. My father was very concerned over how his life changed when his parents got divorced and was someone hiding the family money from him. And why couldn't he get his hands on that? And so you had money and status and financial issues going on and then abandonment issues, which led into his need to to be very sexual and conquer. Mm. They they can get naked and have sex, but heaven forbid I see you in the morning and I can't meet your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's tough. And I've dealt with that also. I would say uh, intimacy is the hardest, but because I'm willing to be embarrassed I think that I've done more to healing than would have ever been possible if I stayed on the East Coast or if the Internet didn't exist. I don't Mm. think I ever would have felt safe enough to date without the Internet. Um, I think Women's Lib gave me the opportunity to say, I own my interest, I own my curiosity, and my girlfriend's telling me I don't need to know stuff because he's going to teach me just would make me insane. Mm. It's like, well, where did he? He would learn it. why why can't I get to that book? Why can't I get that lesson? I would say that there was an inordinate amount of interest in what my future would be because of the defects and the physical repairs. Mm. I was cross-eyed. I had everything going. And I was sick all the time. But from a very young age, it was always about when you grow up and get married and have children of your own. And so I'm still trying to figure out if that's part of society's conditioning that women aren't entitled to their own bodies and entitled to their own thoughts about what their future will be, or if it's truly just my father could not handle my birth defects and I was an abomination.
0: Mm. So we talked about you being discovered as a youngster playing doctor. What was your next sexual experience
1: more violence um still playing doctor i was with cousins um they're not real cousins but long-term family friends and we were away for the weekend
0: and how old were you
1: uh, parents were still together so i had to be 9 or 10
0: mm-hmm. i had
1: to be 9 or 10 and we were out in the woods and it was show me yours i'll show you mine type thing and I had gone to bed with one of the boys, and we were cuddling and fooling around, and then we went back to our own beds. The kids were all upstairs, so there was no real supervising. And so next thing I knew, I woke up to the middle boy being beaten with a belt by his father because he was masturbating and got caught. All of a sudden we're waking up to screaming and this middle kid getting beaten within an inch of his life. It definitely had an impact.
0: Yeah. Was he the one who you had been cuddling No, I was with his older brother. Oh, okay. So all I could think of
1: was, thank God it wasn't us. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I just, my, my parents were really funny. My father tried to kill me a couple of times beating me because he was so mad. Mm. So my mother stopped all physical punishment, pardon mm. me, by the time I was five. So part of it was she knew he was mad because of the money I was costing the family. Mm. Part of it was she knew he was mad because of was frustration in the family. Instead of dealing with the problem, dealt with it a different way, which is to be stubborn. And she will tell you, F you with the bus you rode in on. And defy you to the point where you'll kill her. So you can't touch her anymore. Mm -hmm. And because I had spent so much time in the hospital on my own dealing with adults, I had no problem taking on anybody. Mm -hmm. And I had a mouth. I didn't have a good body, but I had a mouth. Mm -hmm. And I would absolutely argue you to death.
0: So, uh, you mentioned that with that cousin, you were fooling around. How far, at 10 years old, how far were you going? I started my period at nine.
1: Um, I had a fully developed bus line at nine. Mm-hmm. I was 5'4 at nine. Wow. So, um, I had a very early puberty, but I knew enough that we couldn't go more than heavy petting because... That was for God. The virginity had to be saved for marriage. So it was more, show me yours, I'll show you mine, we'll see what feels good. And it really didn't go any further. And did it feel good? Oh, it felt great. It felt great. Uh Um, That's been my problem is I'm a very sensual person raised not to touch. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that's my hardest thing is I don't like to be touched. To me, that immediately puts me someplace else mentally. So, um, I'm in California and they're huggy, kissy, whatever. And it's like, I like you, don't touch me, yeah. you know, just, just say hello. It's good. And it, it has nothing to do with you, but I don't need everyone to know my baggage. So it's just, I like you fine. Stay right there and we can shake hands or whatever, but I don't need a hug. Just, just back off. Yeah. And so I just, I don't know where that is, but I, I, am pretty good about managing the boundaries. So it's not an issue in intimate situations. It's a problem. Because I can get overwhelmed and enjoy it, and then the back of your brain starts talking to you, and it's, it's you have to get out of your own way. And so my Friends with Benefits boyfriend, we've been together off and on since about 2008, and we have managed to be honest with each, with each other, which is hard. We've been together, we've broken up, we've been together, we've broken up, whatever. But we keep on coming back to each other because we truly are friends and we truly are willing to do the hard work to say, I can't talk about this right now or I want to try X and so. Are you comfortable? What do you need to make that possible for you? And I mean, I had to be 50 odd years old to get to that point. Mm -hmm. and and that's when my health is failing so now the brain is still interested but the body's like screw that I just can't even breathe right now yeah so it's 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 a it's a too late in life to finally get where I want to be but it's better than never
0: Mm. so you're still dealing with after effects from the birth defects oh yeah mm-hmm so far we've talked about two young sort of like doctor experiences with family or close family um, people. At what point did you move toward, you know, a more typical dating situation?
1: 45, 46 after my mother was dead.
0: Okay. So let's talk about the intervening years. (laughs) Prior to that,
1: you know, it was, it was hard because, um, uh, the kid that I was cuddling with at you know 10 or 11 um, where his brother got beat, he came back when he was in the Navy and he came to visit and I was about 18, 19 and we always had a charisma, absolutely had a charisma liked him a lot and um, he wanted to take me out for dinner and I was 5'5 130 pounds so I was definitely well rounded and I definitely had boobs that would not quit. Mm -hmm. And he scared me. We went out on a date and he wouldn't take no for an answer. Mm. And I was like, I will deck you right here. Do not make me do this.
0: Did you know that it was a date? I would say I
1: felt sexually interested Uh because I was very verbal that night. And I, it's funny when I'm chemically attracted to someone, oh my God, I'm singing and the chemistry's going and it's just zoom. So I was definitely giving off the availability signals, but he went farther than I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think he believed, because he was a Navy person, that I would be in love with the uniform. And I think he believed, because of our previous cuddling experience, I would be an easy port while he was in town. Gotcha. And at that point, I was still living at home with my mother, and I wasn't an idiot. He hadn't given me any credit for growing. I was still just a thing to him to be conquered. Um, so that was the last time we've ever seen each other is I got home and said, no, 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 no. You're taking me home right now or I'm walking, but this is ending.
0: And we're using the word cousin, but I would just want to go back and pick up. I think you said this was a family friend. It's a family who was friend. A cousin. So, so
1: okay. anything you do involves everybody's parents
0: and mm. involves
1: drama. Because Mm -hmm. you've been raised together, you visit, you go away for weekends. And of course, there's going to be some normal, you know, touchy-feely, check each other out. In my experience, and I mean, it may not be for everybody else, but whether they were real cousins or whether they were family friends, all of the kids were curious. All of the kids were checking it out. And the difference was whether or not anybody got caught, I
0: think. Yeah. So how far did he go that night?
1: Up under my shirt and started removing my bra and we were in the car and I was not comfortable in the car. Mm -hmm. It wasn't consensual. It wasn't at a pace that I was comfortable with once it got started because it was a freezing cold night in February and we were outdoors in a car. I'm sorry, I'm worth more than this. And I couldn't articulate that at the time, but I could in my own head say, This is going too fast. This is not going to end well. I've already seen his bits and pieces years ago. He's seen mine. How do I get him to understand that we are not picking up where we left off? I didn't make a promise then, and I'm not making allowances now. He has to respect me and stop. And he wouldn't. So it ended up to be an argument. And then, Mm. you know, I put my foot down and that was it. But I had grown and physically matured so that I could back it up. And he was enough of a close family friend that he knew there'd be repercussions if he didn't stop, you know, and since then, you know, I've seen like a circle of friends and whatnot where the girl isn't believed. Um, never bothered me because believe me or don't believe me, my truth is my truth. And that's Mm -hmm. part of the, the, the challenge that I've had getting along with other people because I don't need your approval. I don't need anybody's approval. It would be nice. It makes life easier. Mm -hmm. But no, and so when I put my foot down, it was a real problem and that was the last time we've seen each other.
0: Are you aching to explore new vistas of your sexuality? Do you hear me talk about concepts on this show and think it makes sense, but I need help applying it to my particular situation? That's where personalized sex and intimacy coaching comes in. When you work with me, I promise to help you feel safe exploring your sexuality. Together, we'll look at your needs and desires without judgment and help you figure out how to fulfill them. There is no single answer that's right for everyone. So I'm going to help you discover what's right for you. And we'll go at your pace. That's the pace that respects your emotional needs, your boundaries, and your nervous system. Because going too fast can send you into shutdown, while going too slow can be infuriating and exhausting. The goal is to find what's right for you. I work with clients who are motivated to explore many different areas of sexuality, including things like Expressing your sexual desires to current or future partners. Exploring if you might be queer. Challenging body image insecurity in sexual relationships. Dipping your toes into BDSM. Exploring consensual non-monogamy. Learning to date after a long time out of the dating pool. Exploring your sexuality for later in life virgins and so much more. I want you to have a deeply fulfilling intimate life. And together, we can help you get there. For more information and to schedule your discovery call, visit leahcary.com forward slash coaching. That's leahcary.com forward slash coaching. There are still a whole bunch of years where you're not really engaging in dating and sexuality. I know you've said that there was a, a big internal stigma for you around pregnancy and STIs. Right. Because I was coming of age in
1: the time of AIDS, that we don't know what causes AIDS in 1983, 1984. So mm-hmm. it was no hardship for me to say, I'm not ready emotionally. And with this death wish going on, you know, my body may be broken, but I don't have a death wish. I'm going to go figure out what this is before I start playing around. And so it was real easy not to be sexually active because I was working on, as probably too much information, but working on myself and what pleasured me and coming to terms with the guilt of self-pleasure. Mm. Um and you know this isn't right but working through my own issues before I even thought about taking this on parade and trying to actually date.
0: So it sounds like you're talking about spending a lot of time exploring masturbation. Is that correct? Yes,
1: I had normal sexual urges. I would say I was pretty low-key sexually, but when mother nature kicked in, <laughs> I went to New York with some girlfriends when I was 18. And one of the girlfriends was sure we were all going to get killed. Any minute we're going to die. you got to keep the buddy system going. Oh, I'm in New York. I'm going to pick up a playgirl. And it's a Nick Nolte on the cover type thing. And, oh, my God, they were scandalized. You (laughs) slut. You know, you you need to learn from the men. You don't need to be reading this sort of crap. And so because in my peer group, I was also taking risks and sharing who I was. And not being accepted by people who loved me, I also got the message reinforced that things are private and you don't discuss them. And it's like, if I can't discuss this with people that I've known 14, 15 years, and I'm, you know, 18, 19, 20 how am I going to discuss this with someone before going to bed? And I've known him 10 minutes or two weeks. Mm -hmm. It was just, I'm very logical. They, they laugh and say, I'm a lot like Spock. I'll think crap to death, (laughs) but it's just, it's how I am until I'm ready. Nope. We're not doing it. And I wasn't ready until the age of the internet. And some portion of it was fear of getting caught. So I truly wasn't ready to act until after my mother died. Mm. Then for some reason I was free. It didn't matter. So what happened next? Internet dating had taken off. Mm -hmm. And so I started, and again, talking amongst the girlfriends, who does this, who does that. Um, One of my very good friends is someone who has experimented as a dominatrix and has experimented as a phone sex caller. Um, Certain things that would allow her to safely explore what she wants from a relationship. And so I will bounce things off her. I will tend to pick and choose among my friends of who gets to know what, because yeah. you don't want all the bodies in one basket. It's just too messy. So I had said to her, you know, I'm thinking about it. And I'm not vanilla enough for eHarmony. I don't like these men. I'm not Christian. I'm. I can tell you the list I'm not through the roof. And she says to me, I'm on this other site, which is more adult. It's very X-rated. And I'm not comfortable telling you my screen name or what I'm doing. But why don't you go check it out? And I laughed because it never even occurred to me. And then I checked it out and I was fascinated. It was my opportunity to blog. And I blogged about my sexual explorations and working to stay true to myself while fighting the stigma of being a slut and not wanting marriage and the various dates that I went on. You know, one was Kendall. The next morning I'm getting up for a different date and it's like, I feel good for James Brown type thing. Um, and it was just a way to explore certain parts of my personality while also not making a public commitment. And um, I required men to be able to form a thought and write to me with more than just text characters. It's like, you're Mm -hmm. not getting my phone number. I will run a background check. There will be an STD check. You know, I was literally just very Spock mode for how we're going to do sexuality so that I feel safe because the emotional stuff is so overwhelming I just have a shopping list of things I go down and I work through it and so um, I was able to meet some really nice guys I had set up some dating rules where another girlfriend would always get the picture of the guy I was going to meet we always met at a restaurant someplace public there would never be sex the first night I don't care how horny either one of us is I want the STD results there's going to be an actual conversation and I need to see if there's any sexual chemistry because some mm-hmm. people you meet, and it doesn't matter how much sexual chemistry is there in a written form, if they smell bad, if yeah. the teeth don't work, whatever. And that's so shallow. You know, as someone with a defective body, I know how shallow that is. But it's like, that's a real part of making this successful. So I was on this site, and I made it work. And then I got a couple of um, fetish sites and tried that in terms of, someone who would actually like my body because of the scars. And that ended Mm. up too weird for me. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I tried it. And it was mostly just dipping my toe in and figuring it out and trying to see where I wanted to fall on the spectrum.
0: I think that's such an important point that there will be people who like your body despite the scars, there will be people who like your body because of the scars, but there will also be people who fetishize your body because of the scars. And that is a totally different thing. And until I experienced it, I didn't understand it. And so
1: I then became a thing, I became a piece of sexual furniture. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't handle that. There has to be a real FWB friends with benefits. And the friendship has to be there or the sexuality just isn't happening.
0: Yeah. So how old were you when you first had intercourse? 46. And what was that experience like for you? Was it enjoyable? It was very hard because of my
1: genital surgery for my urinary tract as a kid. So because they tightened me up so tight, I am still not sure to this day if it was my mental issues for the early intervention, for basically turning my pussy into a vise Hmm. in terms of you will not enter and tightening up those muscles. Um, I had a real tough time with OBGYN exams. I used to go to Planned Parenthood so I'd never have to see the same doctor twice. I would do what I was supposed to to maintain my health but don't expect me to enjoy it and don't make small conversations with me. This is an invasion and I don't like it. And I literally was up in the stirrups and I had one female doctor slap my thigh like I was a horse, trying to get me to relax. Oh, my God. And I looked at her and I said, did you hear me say you need a child speculum? Did you hear me? This is not something I'm willfully controlling. Slapping me is just an insult. It's not going to force me to relax my muscles. I have been tightened up. So um, part of this sexual exploration was also finding a way to enjoy that and find a way to relax on my own for all those years. So by the time I got to the stage where I would be sexually intimate with someone, I would say, I love blowjobs. I have no problem giving you a blowjob. I like this, I like this, I like this. But please be aware that sexual intercourse is hard for me. I can't breathe because of my lung issues. So, it's going to have to be doggy style. This is probably way too much information, but no, not it, at all. It's going to have to be doggy style so that I can try it and try and enjoy it. And the closest thing I can liken it to is something called vaginismus, vaginismus, mm-hmm. um, where your muscles tighten involuntarily. And one of the things that they had said was work on relaxing the muscles by using larger and larger uh, types of dildos. And so I worked at that for years to try and make it comfortable. It was still very tight. Did it help? It did. It, it actually did. Because part of it was my fear of pain. So because I'm being invaded, it hurts. Yeah. You have to get beyond that. In addition to, you know, just the hymen and getting beyond that, it was literally, it hurt. So I had to figure out how my parts worked so I could enjoy sex. And it took a long time. And even then, it was always like um, the anal dildos are usually skinnier and smaller. Mm -hmm. So I tried those. And my Mm -hmm. current boyfriend has no problem with that. And he can get vaginal sex occasionally, but sometimes I'm just too tight and we can't get the muscles to relax. It's just part of the surgery. They tighten me up for a reason. And if I can get out of my own head, it can be fun. But if I'm just not in the right headspace, just let me give you a blowjob. It's so much easier. And I'm happy with that.
0: In those moments when you are excited, sexually interested, and you're not able to relax vaginally, is that your go to a blowjob? Or are there any other ways that he can interact with your body that give you pleasure?
1: Because my chest is messed up. I don't know if I am fascinated with breasts because Of This early trauma or if I'm just sexually attracted to breasts. I have Mm -hmm. no idea if it's breast envy or not but I Find nothing better and it's funny because I don't like to be touched and I'm very very ticklish So I find nothing better than to be hugged from behind in a tight tight hug and have my breasts just really squeezed Mm. and He likes that from the front, but it doesn't do the same thing for me so I really need it. you to hug me from behind. If you're coming at me mm-hmm. this way, it's a different experience. If I'm getting overwhelmed and enveloped with you, enveloped, whatever, yeah. um, it's it's easier for me. So we do have those conversations. But ultimately, it's me going, I give up. I can't do this tonight. Can I please just give you a blowjob? Or let me give you a blowjob first so I can relax. Mm. And so I can feel like the pressure's off. Otherwise, yeah. I spend the time thinking that this is a timer and I have to make you come by X period of time, or neither one of us will have fun. It's it's you're in your own head.
0: It's it's screwy. I get that. This relationship that you have now mm-hmm. is a friends with benefits yes. situation. How is that working for you? Is that your preferred way of interacting with someone? I would say yes. Um I've had Two or three
1: guys that I cared about a lot, but I had to kick them to the curb because they wanted marriage. And I do not want marriage and I do not want to live in. I am very happy with a path between his house and my house, but I do not want you underfoot. I can't deal with that. That's too much. I know when I'm attracted to somebody, I can get very verbal and luckily I'm attracted to him without that problem. There's not that sexual chemistry. Sex would be so much easier if it was somebody I could fight with. But I don't like me being that person. I don't Hmm. want my life to be fighting. So it's managing them and managing me. And I'm a control freak. I want my life to be peaceful and quiet. I will own whoever I am, but I want it to be peaceful and quiet. And so living with someone is just not my thing. So most of the guys got kicked to the curb Not because the sex was bad or the relationship wasn't fun, but because they wanted more than I was willing to give and they crossed the line. Mm. And I, I don't want to be responsible for anybody's broken heart. This guy loves me, but loves me as a friend. He doesn't need me as a sexual
0: partner. He chose me. How has your experience of sex and your sex life changed since menopause? It's sad, um sex has
1: actually started to hurt again. Mm. Um, there is a lack of stamina because I hit menopause at the same time I went on disability. Mm. Um, there's a lack of lubrication because of the menopause, and I'm also finding there's a lack of interest. I don't know whether it's oxygen deprivation that I'm just tired all the time because I'm exhausted or if it's part of menopause and frankly I haven't discussed it with any of the doctors because I don't want to go there
0: friends if you love these conversations I would love your help to keep them going there are three ways you can participate two are free and one is for listeners who've got a few extra dollars each month number one take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it to your Instagram stories. Tag me in your post and if it's public, I'll reshare and send you a personal thank you. Word of mouth is the best way to build buzz for an independent show like Good Girls Talk About Sex. And the more people listening, the healthier our collective sexual experiences will become. Number two, don't want the whole world to know you're listening to a show about sex. I get it. Perhaps you heard something in this episode that reminds you of a past conversation with a friend or something you wish your partner knew. Send them a link to this episode and a quick message about why you think they should listen. And number three, if you have the resources to support the sex positive work I do, I'd be grateful for your support at Patreon. Donating the equivalent of a fancy cup of coffee each month might not make a big difference to you, but it makes a huge difference to me. There's absolutely no contract or obligation, you can cancel at any time. Plus, I donate 10% of all proceeds to ARC Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are currently being legislated out of existence. It's easy to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash good talk about sex. And one more thing, there is a treasure trove of additional audio at Patreon that's free to everyone. You don't even need to have a Patreon account to access them. Just go to patreon.com forward slash good talk about sex to start listening. I appreciate every one of you. Whether you're a client, a patron, a social media follower, or a silent listener, I trust you to know what's right for you. Thank you for being here. Now, let's get back to the show. Before we finish up, let's get the lowdown. The questions we're dying to know, but would usually be too polite to ask any good girl. What kind of touch do you enjoy most? Soft and firm.
1: It depends. But mostly it has to be something that I'm expecting. If I'm Mm. not expecting it, I can't enjoy it.
0: Oh, that is, I think, that's not something I've ever heard anybody say. And yet, I think that it is common for so many people.
1: I think it's a PTSD thing, because I was subject Mm -hmm. to peer violence. I was subject to physical abuse. I am not willing to give up that rapid fire trigger to protect myself. But by the same token, I've had to learn not everyone's an enemy, not everyone's going to hurt me. Mm. So it's better if I know what's coming because otherwise, if you touch me, I'm immediately freezing and getting ready to jump. So much in my life was controlled by touch. If you're not supposed to speak, someone puts their hand on you. If they, if they, if you're, if you're doing something that they don't like, they tighten that hand. Well, I'm a reactive person. You're going to get your hands off me. So I, I think it's that I, I need to know
0: it's coming. Approximate number of sex partners you've had. Um, 12,
1: I wasn't going for quantity and (laughs) it was more about who could withstand the screening process. If you can't write me a note, if you can't talk on the phone, if you won't let me do a background check. Um, and I did a background check
0: on everybody. Uh, do you enjoy receiving oral sex?
1: Not really. I don't know whether it's a control issue Or if it's just, he likes to watch me and I'm uncomfortable. It's too much focused attention. But um, I have a real problem with the lights being out. He wants them out all the time and I'd like to be able to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's only comfortable with the lights on if I'm getting oral. And so it's like, and, and there's scars and whatnot. So I still haven't figured out. What my issue is about that. He loves it. I'll let him do it as long as he wants to do it. But for the most part, if I can distract him because he gets hard as a rock, it's like, good, now you're hard. I'm going to go do what I like.
0: Mm. What, do you know why he doesn't like to have the lights on? He's never discussed
1: it. Um, I turn the lights on and he shuts it off. It's one of the few things we don't discuss. Huh. He's had the computer monitor on. So there's some light in the room. But I just, I don't, he's very body conscious for himself. He keeps a t-shirt on, which drives me crazy because I like the feel of his skin. I like his hairy Mm -hmm. chest. I like the smell of him. He's always very clean, but it's like he's not confident in his own body. So I don't push it.
0: Mm -hmm. Hmm. How do you feel about receiving ass play? I've done it to him.
1: He's very interested. That was one of his best orgasms for me, because of my incontinence and other issues, Um, because I have issues at both ends, I have to be incredibly clean or I can't enjoy it, and then I'm always worried that it's not normal lubrication, it is anal leakage. So, it just hits my gross points i I let him do what he wants um as part of my willingness to still grow and and try and adjust to it. I don't hate it bodily; I hate it mentally yeah, so it it's 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 still something we try and work out.
0: Do you enjoy dirty talk during sexual encounters? I don't mind what he says
1: as long as it feels original, huh if it doesn't feel original and it feels scripted like honey baby whatever it's like that's it you just took me right out of my zone i uh-huh. just it's stupid it's just it it triggers the sexual furniture issue for me
0: and and i don't know why but it's just i don't think that's stupid at all i think that If you feel like you really need to be seen, you really need to know that the other person is firmly present and in the same room with you, then feeling like they're just repeating words would trigger that feeling like, Oh, maybe they're not actually here with me.
1: Exactly. But then I also intellectually understand the importance of fantasy and tying that into foreplay. So it's still something we're trying to work out because, Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's like there is the list of my triggers is just endless, but we're able to at least talk about it, which is a big thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. What is a myth about sex that you've had to unlearn?
1: Oh, God, that you're going to die. God's going to get you. Mm-hmm. You know, that Catholic upbringing is just good girls don't. I, I can't tell you, and it's probably stupid if you don't watch The Bachelor, because I normally don't. But I was so cheering. I watch every episode of The Bachelor. To me, me, that's Survivor. I'm addicted to Survivor for the psychological (laughs) crap. But The Bachelor just makes me crazy. But I can't tell you how much I hated the current blonde, Hannah, as the beauty queen stereotype, whatever. And when the thing erupted in the last week or two over... Who are you to tell me what I can't do? I had sex in a win- in windmill and I did it twice. And Jesus still loves me. And go, yes, 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 mm. yes. You know, the, the ownership of a woman is still a big, big issue. And I don't know any other way to label it other than ownership. People want you to go through life as a pair and they want to be able to defer to someone to say, clean this mess up. And I don't feel like a mess. I don't feel like I have to go through life as a pair.
0: Joe, thank you so much for having this conversation today. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you and to learn. I, you know, I I think, you know, I was a little bit nervous. You and me this both was, I was like, do I want to send that message? <laughs> well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Go for it. Yeah. So thank you. Not I really about, appreciate it.
1: This was it. fun. Very educational and informative. Thank you.
0: That's it for today. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to leave a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or if you're using another podcast app, go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash goodgirls. And remember, there's a treasure trove of audio extras available for free at Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash goodgirls talk about sex. While listening to those extras is free, producing this show is not. If my work is meaningful to you, and you have a few dollars to support it each month, I will gratefully accept your patronage at Patreon. I donate 10% of all Patreon proceeds to Arc Southeast, an organization that supports women in the Southeast United States to access reproductive services that are increasingly difficult to obtain. Find out more and become a community member at patreon.com forward slash good talk about sex. Show notes and transcripts for this episode are at goodgirlstalk.com. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at GoodGirls Talk for more sex positive content. If you have a question or comment about anything you've heard on the show, call and leave a message at 720-GOOD-SEX. Good Girls Talk About Sex is produced by me, Leah Carey, and edited by Gretchen Kilby. I have additional administrative support from Lara O'Connor and Maria Franco. Transcripts are produced by Jan Osiello. Before we go, I want to remind you that the things you may have heard about your sexuality aren't true. You are worthy. You are desirable. You are are not broken. As your sex and intimacy coach, I will guide you in embracing the sexuality that is innately yours, no matter what it looks like. To set up your free discovery call, go to leahcary.com forward slash coaching. Until next time, here's to your better sex life.